Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Justina Petrullo, Associate Editor at the American Journal of Managed Care. On this episode of Managed Carecast, we're talking with authors of a study published in our March 2023 issue. The article, Have Racial Disparities in Home Dialysis Utilization Changed Over Time?, describes how significant racial disparities in home dialysis still remain despite increases in dialysis facility availability and the implementation of the Medicare end-stage kidney disease prospective payment system in 2011. Joining us today are co-authors Dr. Virginia Wong and Dr. Matthew L. Machievsky, both faculty at the Duke University School of Medicine and researchers at the Durham VA healthcare system. Hi, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you here at MGH and for a, the AJMC brand. Um, can you both introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your work? Uh, sure. I'm Virginia Wong. I am an associate professor in the Department of Population Health Sciences at Duke University. Um, I'm also an investigator at the Durham VA Healthcare System in the Health Services Research and Development Unit. Um, I do health services research um, and uh, have focused a lot of my attention on um, organizational correlates of, um, of service delivery, uh, specifically for the care of patients um, with kidney failure. And my name is Matt Machieski. I'm a professor in the Department of Population Health Sciences at Duke University and a senior research career scientist at the Durham VA HSRD Center that Virginia is also at. Um, and the work that we'll be discussing today was funded by CMS in partnership with uh, NCQA. Can you tell us about the objective of this study and why you decided to investigate it? Sure. Um, so the study, um, we set out to examine the presence and extent of regional uh, level racial disparities in home dialysis use before and after Medicare payment reform uh, that was implemented in 2011. And what were your main findings and did they surprise you? Uh, we had two main findings. The first was that home dialysis use increased um, after the 2011 payment reform for both white and non-white patients. So their access to home dialysis increased for both groups, but the disparities that existed before the payment reform remained after in the years after um, and that was a disappointing but not surprising finding because the reform was not specifically designed to address disparities um, so and a number of other cms demonstrations have shown that disparities don't necessarily improve if or are reduced if they're not specifically designed to address disparities. I see, thank you. Why is home dialysis an important measure of care quality? Um, so we know from prior research that home dialysis uh, modalities are preferred by patients when they're informed of it as an option. Um, and that patients have also reported uh, greater satisfaction and quality of life on home dialysis um, uh, as compared to in-center hemodialysis. Um, and um, physician surveys have also found that more patients are actually appropriate for it, uh, home dialysis than actual national utilization reflects. 
um, would suggest kind of an important missed opportunity to align uh, patient preferences and appropriateness with uh, treatment for patients um, with uh, end-stage uh, kidney disease. And I might add that um, patients who are having um, hemodialysis in a clinic have to go travel to that clinic three times a week. And so home dialysis precludes that need, which for patients living in rural areas far from um, dialysis clinics can save them a lot of travel time and expense. Definitely, I see, thank you. What are the main differences between the 2011 prospective payment system reform examined in this study and CMS's more recent alternative payment models like the kidney care choices model and the ESKD treatment choices model? Sure, um, that's a lot to unpack. So um, all of the different models, um, to some extent, encourage increased um, interest and use of home dialysis through its payment to providers. But they do differ um, quite dramatically in how um, this is done. Um, so the 2011 prospective payment system that we examined in this study um, changed the way that all dialysis treatment was reimbursed regardless of modality. Um, and so the, the payment theoretically tips the scale in uh, the potential profit or margin that uh, dialysis facilities can generate off of home-based versus in-center dialysis treatment. So in contrast, the newer, um, the newer payment models um, ushered out uh, just in the last few years furnishes its payments in, a, in different ways. So the ESKD treatment choices model furnishes the payment incentives in terms of adjustments to the base dialysis payment. So it's akin to kind of a bonus or withhold um, to participating uh, clinicians and dialysis facilities um, managing patients with end-stage kidney disease. And so these payment adjustments are based off of regional benchmarks of home dialysis and kidney transplants, um, which are kind of the basis for these um, adjustment payments. And that's kind of where the study that we uh, conducted can help kind of inform and provide kind of baseline information prior to the rollout of the uh, ETC. The kidney care choices model um, is somewhat similar to the accountable care organizations that have been developed through uh, the CMMI group um, with a focus here on improving clinical management of patients with advanced stages of kidney disease um, across the disease continuum. So prior to kidney failure through transplantation. So the goals of the kidney care choices model and its kind of structure and payment is um, clinically to slow progression of CKD, delay the onset of uh, dialysis, and to better manage the transition to dialysis and or through uh, transplantation. So here, um, participating providers are kind of uh, grouping together and contracting uh, with CMS to provide uh, care under the KCC model and receive basically a capitated payment for managing this, these patients uh, with additional bonuses and withholds for meeting performance benchmarks like utilization or specific outcome measures. And so the these payment models differ in the ways in which uh, the payment is being furnished and the incentive um, is being distributed through the different measures that are being used. Do you think CMS's recent efforts to implement these new models for kidney care will help address the disparities seen in this study? So our prior work in this area has shown little uh, to modest nudges in home dialysis since the mid-1990s. 
um, suggesting that payment alone uh, may not be enough to um, develop kind of the groundswell changes that um, are expected here. And so as we discussed in, in this paper, we really think that systemic changes are likely required. Um, and so time will really tell whether or not the new payment models spur the change, changes in the system of care to support provider and patient decisions uh, to increase uh, use of minority modalities of treatment, um, whether that's home dialysis or transplant. And then our last question is, what are some other research questions around equity in kidney care that you'd like to see investigated? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so I think it starts with better ascertainment of race um, and patient demographic information. Um, I think there is some movement now um, around, around that in uh, kind of revising the national patient registry uh, intake form for that. More data and research on patient involvement in treatment, treatment decisions, um, whether and how those treatment options are presented to patients and their families, and then ultimately better understanding what providers um, are doing right and how others can learn from them. this issue, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.